You are listening to the audiobook of Manimals by Mel Brooks Crow. This is episode one, part four. Wide shot. Sherry's bar. Mayaka, avoiding cars, jogs across the street to the diner. Interior. Sherry's bar. Day. Mayaka sits at a bar with very tired and sickly eyes. A zebra walks in. Bartender. Zebra, why the long face? (laughs) The bartender busts out laughing. Noticing that nobody else is laughing, he shrugs it off and goes back to work. He turns to Mayaka. You got money, pal? Mayaka. Slaps the $5 bill on the counter. Just give me a glass of milk, will you? This look like a dairy farm to you. Here we serve alcohol. Now, what'll you have? Mayaka, sarcastically. Surprise me. The bartender nods, wipes up the counter in front of Mayaka, takes the $5, and walks off. Out loud. January, please dial the number for LBC Communications. Ava January. Will do. Calling LBC Communications. A voice is heard on the other end of the line. Thank you for calling LBC Communications. My name is Nancy. Can I have your full name and reference number, please? Donica Bree, 801-735-925. Thank you. And do you need a replacement satellite phone? Yes, please. Okay, no problem. You do understand there will be a $300 service charge for the new phone, correct? I do. And can I please have an address where you would like the replacement phone delivered? Um, I, uh, I actually don't have an address right now. I'm sorry. I will need a verified address in order to send you a replacement phone. I'll have to get back to you. Mayaka touches the earpiece in his right ear to end the call. He begins rubbing his right temple with the fingers of his trunk. The bartender returns, places a glass on the table and pours some liquor into it. Mayaka listens to a conversation between several thugs at a table behind him. One is eating his breakfast eggs and toast. Marcus, a scruffy, muscular man, drains the last of his beer from a large pint mug and slams it on the table drawing Mayaka's attention. Marcus. Empty. Hogan. It sure is. That went down fast. Empty. Would you like another one? No. That's the answer to the riddle, mate. Empty. Wait. Really? Empty? A five-letter word. It sounds the same when the first, or the third, or the last letter is removed. And it sounds the same when you remove all three. Right. Empty, or M-P-T-Y, E-M-T-Y, E-M-P-T, or M-T. That is interesting. Mayaka's eyes grow wide as memories race through his head. The voice. He recognized it in an instant. Flashback. Exterior. New York City Colossal Hotel. Marcus. Nobody move and nobody will get hurt. You, old man, on your feet now. Make sure no one follows us. Or the old man will get his daughter back one piece at a time. End flashback. Interior. Sherry's bar. Mayaka glances subtly over his shoulder at the two men sitting at the table. He notices one in particular. 
extreme close-up of Marcus talking, his lips moving. Mayaka remembers looking at the photo Calvin showed him, of the men holding the big sailfish. Marcus and Hogan were both in the photo. Flashback. Interior. Department Store Photo Center. Calvin. Look at the size of that fish. Wouldn't it be awesome to sail out to sea and catch a fish like that? And flashback. Sherry's Bar. Day. Marcus points toward the screen in the bar. Hogan turns to watch. A news broadcast comes on the television in the bar. Mayaka snaps out of his thoughts and glances up to notice it's about Jessup's daughter, Lena Luna. Still no information about the disappearance of Jessup's daughter who was kidnapped yesterday in front of the Colossal Hotel. However, police have found what appears to be a cast iron shield that may have been placed on the front of the SUV that was used in the kidnapping. Police believe the perpetrators put this on the SUV to make it into a makeshift battering ram. It was used to ram the limousine that Jessup and his daughter approached the hotel in, as seen in this surveillance video. Hotel surveillance video shows the truck smashing into the limousine on the television. Mayaka turns and glances at the thugs at the table and senses their uneasiness. Mayaka. Voice over. It was him, sitting at the table. The man's voice was the very same one that I'd heard at the hotel when those men took Jessup's daughter. Hogan. We'd better be going. Come on. My shout. Marcus drops some cash on the table. Leave your car here. You can pick it up tomorrow. I can drive just fine. You're munted, you nuffy. You're a two-pot screamer. There's no way I'm letting you get behind the wheel. Munted? Says who? Says the pint you just drained. Now don't spit the dummy. Let's go. End of discussion. Hogan chomps down the last of his breakfast and the two men leave the diner without noticing Mayaka watching them. Mayaka. To himself. What are the chances? The bartender turns around to see Mayaka dashing out of the bar. Exterior. Sherry's bar. Covered parking. Mayaka takes his phone out of his pocket. He dials Calvin's number. Interior. Department store photo center. Day. Calvin. Ultra fast photo. Where you have all your photos finished in one hour. Exterior. Sherry's bar. Covered parking. Mayaka. Calvin. This is Mayaka. Hey, those photos you showed me yesterday of the huge fish, do you still have them? Intercut phone conversation. Yeah, they're supposed to be picked up s s s sometime today. Why? Good. If anyone comes to pick them up, you call me, you got it? Why? I'll explain later. I'm on my way there. What are you up to, Mayaka? Just do it, okay? This is important. I'll talk to you when I get there. Hashim is driving through the city in his little landscape pickup truck when the phone rings. He answers it. Intercut phone conversation. Hashim. What up, yo? How's your morning going? Mayaka. Hashim, I need your help. I'll explain later. Where are you? It's my first day on the job. I'm heading back to pick up some sod. Why? What's up? I need you to meet me on 34th Street and 7th Avenue. The department store center right now. This is important. Whoa, you sound seriously stressed, yo. When can you get there? I can't just up and leave. I got a job to do. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Do you understand? I don't think I could even make it there in 10 minutes. What about my job, man? I can't. I have to stop by and- 10 minutes. Remember, you owe me. Hangs up the phone. 
Ma Yaka runs down the street. He crosses in front of traffic as they honk at him. He cuts through a parking lot and then through a small park. He jumps over curbs and dodges pedestrians. Interior. Department Store Photo Center. Ma Yaka runs into the store and back to the photo hut, where Calvin is working on a new set of photo prints. Ma Yaka. Panting and breathing heavily. Where are they Calvin? Calvin stands, appearing from behind the counter. Calvin. Whoa, my friend, you sounded half scared out of your mind on the phone. What's up? The photos, has anyone picked them up? Whoa, man, what happened to your tusks? Never mind that, I'll explain later. Why is your eye all swollen? Were you in a fight? I'm just saying. Has anyone picked up the photos that you showed me earlier? No, they will probably be picked up any minute. With that, calm down, friend. What's going on? Let me see them again, please. Calvin, reaching under the counter. Okay, yeah, sure. Just relax, man. You're drawing attention. Calvin pulls out a photo envelope, takes out the photos, and drops them on the counter. Mayaka swoops them up and looks closely at them. Unbelievable. It's them. Both of them. Enough. Give me those. Grabbing photos. You better tell me what's going on, or I'm going to have to have you thrown out of here. I'm just saying... I'm working here, man. Yesterday, I approached the Colossal Hotel and tried to talk to the owner, Clint Jessup, when some thugs drove up and kidnapped his daughter right in front of me. The girl on the news last night? Yes. And this guy... Pointing to the photo. It's him. This is probably all of them. How do you know? I saw these two guys at the bar about ten minutes ago. So you saw these guys at a bar? What makes you think they are the ones that took Jessup's daughter? These guys were wearing black ski masks. I heard them talking. About Jessup's daughter? No, not exactly. They were talking about some riddle. Then one guy wouldn't allow the other guy to drive home. People in the store begin looking at the commotion and wondering what's going on. Calvin grabs Mayaka's trunk, pulling it toward him to get Mayaka's attention. What makes you think those guys are the ones that took Jessup's daughter? I recognize this guy's voice. Points to Marcus in the photo. I was there when they took her. It's the same voice as the guy in the bar. Shaking his head. Are you serious? Look, I can't explain right now. Do you think you could make some copies of these photos really quick? I have to wait until these guys come to get these photos. He may lead me to Jessup's daughter. These pictures may not even belong to this guy. There are three guys in the photo. Maybe all three took part in the kidnapping. What if a friend or a wife of one of these guys picks up these photos. Look, Calvin, it's all I have to go on, okay? I'm sure this is the guy that took Jessup's daughter. I'm sure of it. Now I need you to help me. This little girl's life may depend on it. Okay, man. I'll make some copies. But you're gonna owe me big time. Thank you. Mayaka pulls out his phone and dials Hashim's number. Hashim answers. Where are you? Exterior. Somewhere in downtown traffic. Intercut phone conversation. It's my first day on the job. I'm heading to pick up some sod. I should be there in a few minutes. Why, what's up? You're picking up sod? Forget the sod. I need you to come get me. I just called you. You did? Yes. I don't remember that. How could you not remember that? It was just a few minutes ago. Okay, um, weird. Where do you need me to pick you up? Rubbing forehead with trunk fingers. Hashim, your mind is blanking out on you again. We'll talk about that later. Please, 
Pick me up at 34th Street and 7th Avenue. I have a job to do. This is an emergency. Okay, sure, bro. Traffic is crazy. It may take a while. Will you tell me what this is all about, yo? Later. Just get there as fast as you can. Hangs up phone. If he hangs up on me one more time, I swear I'm gonna... Hashim tosses the phone on the passenger seat. Punching the passenger seat with his fist, he flips a U-turn and speeds off in the direction he just came from. Pedestrians jumping out of the way and cursing him as he does so. Exterior. Department store. Night. Mayaka waits impatiently at the entrance of the store. He is filing down his tusk knobs. Hashim pulls up in his noisy landscaping truck. The vehicle rocks as Mayaka climbs into the back. He leans over to the driver's side window. Let's park over there, in the shadows, and I'll explain what's going on. Hashim drives his truck to a parking space in the shadows, turning off the engine and the lights. The day sun fades into the darkness of night as the two wait. Mayaka sits in the back of Hashim's pickup truck. Hashim is in the driver's seat, looking at the reprints of the photos. Never forgetting a voice? That may come in handy. You should work for the FBI or the CIA. You could track down terrorists. Yeah, they do have a name for it. Is it called Halkin? That's a drug that helps someone sleep. Oh, well maybe it's hypojusia. Wrong again. That's a condition where somebody is unable to taste food. Okay, fine. I don't know what it's called, but I'm sure it has a name. How do you know all this stuff anyway? Books. Reading lots of books. What about you? Where did you learn a word like hypogusia? That's quite a mouthful. Online dictionary. I'm trying to learn new words too, but I get their meanings mixed up. Are you sure this guy's voice is the kidnappers? I'm positive. Do we have to go through this again? Okay, okay. Sheesh. In the meantime, do you want to tell me what happened to your tusks? They were getting in the way, so I got rid of them. Wait, you got rid of them? Yeah, I had them cut off. And what are these red burn marks on your neck, man? And your swollen eye? What happened to you? Hashim, I'll tell you all about it later. For now, please just focus. Focus on what? It's been two hours. They may not show up for days. Look, Hashim, I'm making this up as I go along. All I know is that that guy took that little girl. I have to try, and I can't do this without you. Okay, man, I'll play along. If you're right, we'll both be rich, that's for sure. If not, I'm out of a job. It's not about the money. What's my phone number? What? What is my phone number? 212-099-3599. Again. 212 212- Zero nine nine three five nine nine. Call it. Why, bro? What is this all about? I remember your phone number. Sheesh. Your mind blanked out again today. That hasn't happened for a while. I don't remember it blanking out. This is why I couldn't find you when we separated in Dakar. You didn't have a phone, and you couldn't remember my phone number. Holding up both trunk fingers. For two months. I worried about you. Wondered if I'd ever see you again. Flashback. Interior. Grand Central Station Main Concourse. Evening. The two manimals are filled with joy and they hug and jump. They fall over onto the ground. People move out of their way. They end up lying flat on their backs, 
laughing like they have gone crazy, looking at each other and at the ceiling far above. Exterior. Inside Hashim's truck. Outside store. Night. Hashim. Sometimes my mind blanks on me. It's, it's a conjunction. You mean, condition? Yeah, I mean condition. It's a condition I have. What can I do about it? I'll just have to learn to live with it. That's all. I just don't want you to forget my number again. What if we get separated again and your mind blanks out? I don't know. The MES wasn't as kind to me as it was for you. I'm not as smart as you. I don't have a million IQ like you. I'm just concerned for you, that's all. <sighs> I know, my friend. I know. A black muscle sports car pulls up to the store and a guy gets out and walks into the store. Hey, check it. Hashim knocks on the back window of the cab to get Mayaka's attention. I think that may be this guy. Points to Hogan in the photo. But I'm not sure. Too dark to tell. Interior. Department store photo center. Hogan walks up to the counter where Calvin is. He slips a visa card onto the table. Hogan. Good day, mate. I'm here to pick up some photos under the name of Hogan Pastora, please. Calvin. Of course. Calvin picks up the visa card, ducks for a moment, and then puts an envelope on the table. The guy opens it and starts flipping through the photos. Calvin begins punching up the price on the register. Hogan. Crikey. Check out that fish. Isn't that a beaut? Caught that deadly bugger off Key Biscayne last weekend. 40 kilos that thing was. That's a really impressive fish for sure. Calvin swipes the visa, tears off the receipt and hands it to Hogan, who looks at Calvin and pauses, watching him closely. Struth, mate! Are you feeling okay? You look a little nervous. Oh, I'm fine. I'm just not feeling well. Been a long day. Hesitates, then grabs his receipt. You get home and get some sleep, okay, kid? Sh 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 sure thing! And don't let anyone bust your chops about your impediment. You hear me? Calvin smiling. Yes, sir. Hogan turns and heads toward the door. As soon as he's out of sight, Calvin grabs his cell phone and dials. Exterior. Inside Hashim's truck. Outside store. Mayaka's phone rings, and he fumbles to answer it. Mayaka. Yeah. What's up? Interior. Department store photo center. Calvin. Speaking softly into phone. He picked up the photos. Not the guy you thought it would be, but he's one of the guys in the photo all right. Intercut phone conversation. Good work. We'll follow him. Okay, man. Be careful. Tell me what happens. Will do. Thanks again. Mayaka hangs up the phone and thumps Hashim on the shoulder with his fisted trunk. He watches the guy walk to his muscle car, get in, and drive off. This is it, buddy. Let's go. We're gonna get ourselves shot. Hashim starts up the engine and starts to follow the muscle car. Exterior. Chelsea Pier. Night. The muscle car turns and drives down one of the piers. Hashim, seeing there is nowhere else for the muscle car to drive, parks his truck across the street from the pier entrance. Mayaka is huddled down in the back with a tarp over him, his eyes looking out, trying his best to remain unseen. Okay. Let's just watch. The muscle car comes to a stop. The driver and the passenger get out. The driver helps the passenger who stumbles, clearly inebriated, 
down the pier to a large fancy 54-foot sports yacht with an enclosed flybridge. They begin arguing about something. They both enter the boat. Is that the boat in the photo? No, this one is much larger. They wait for a few moments, and then they see the driver come out of the boat again and walk back to his car. They watch him get in his car and drive off. They both try to stay low as the muscle car passes them and disappears into the night. We need to go check out that boat. What? Yo, Mayaka, let's slow down and think this through. You saw only one guy come back to the car. That means there's at least one more inside the boat. Maybe more. Fine. You stay here and watch the truck. I'll go by myself. It may be nothing. It may be something. But I have to find out. Mayaka jumps out of the truck and begins to walk quickly and quietly toward the dock, keeping low. Hashim watches for a moment as Mayaka gets farther away. For crying out loud! He climbs out of the truck and, on four legs, runs to catch up with his buddy. Hashim! To Mayaka! I am not leaving your side. Mayaka waves his trunk over his shoulder to Hashim, while keeping his eyes focused on the boat at the end of the dock. Shh! Interior. Docked boat. A scruffy, muscular man sits inside a boat, watching a game on a flat-screen TV. He hears someone outside the boat. Mayaka and Hashim are on the dock outside the boat, talking. Exterior. Docked boat. I'm telling you. He said he would meet us here. Maybe we should just take the boat without him. Yeah, right. You don't know how to sail. How hard could it be? I mean, these things come with an engine, right? So if we can't control the boat or there's no wind, we just start up the engine. I think this boat is a little more complicated than that. Okay, so a few more buttons. But it's got a steering wheel, right? Marcus comes out of the cabin to interrupt the conversation between the two. Marcus. Can I help you too? Oh, hi there. Are you Curtis? I was under the impression that we were supposed to meet you here. I didn't think you would already be here. No, I'm not Curtis. Your kind ain't allowed in this area. Didn't you see the sign? You're interrupting my Knicks game. Knicks? Cool. Who are they playing, yo? Mayaka. Tahashim. Will you give it a rest? Back to Marcus. You're not Curtis. We have rented this boat for the night. What are you doing in it watching a game? We are going to be setting sail here, in that boat, very soon, and would like you to be on your way. Excuse me? Nobody is renting this boat. You see, I own it. It's mine. Now get out of here. How rude. We have a recipe. Softly correcting Hashim. Receipt. Yes, we have a repeat, right here, proving we rented this boat. It says Dock 13A. Is this Dock 13A? Yes, this is Dock 13A, but this boat is not for rent. Someone screwed up. Now be off with you. We are not going anywhere, and if you do not get out of our boat, we will be forced to call the authorities and have you arrested. Listen, this is the last time I'm going to tell you. I own this boat, and it's not for rent. You either get out of here right now, or I'll come up there and beat you the way animals should be beaten. I think we better call someone. You, my friend, will be the one leaving. Pulls out his phone and begins dialing. And we did warn you. You are not calling anyone. Marcus climbs up out of the boat and starts to approach. Mayaka turns away as if he is talking on the phone. 
I am sick of this city getting polluted by mongrel animals that don't belong. Mayaka swings around suddenly, hitting the thug right in the jaw with his trunk at full force. Marcus stumbles back into the boat. He falls back, smacking his head on a cabinet. He lies unconscious on the deck of the boat. Yo, what are you doing? Are you crazy? What if you are wrong and this is his boat and he's just some guy enjoying his evening? It's him. I'm telling you. Look at the photo. Hashim pulls the photo out of his pocket and glances at it. Okay, clearly it's the guy in the photo. But you still don't know if this is the guy who nabbed Jessup's daughter. It's him. Mayaka notices his phone is broken from hitting the guy. Ah, oh, man. I busted my phone. Mayaka shakes and taps his phone, trying to get it to respond or show some sign of working. It does nothing. He tucks it back into his coat pocket and climbs onto the deck of the boat. Hashim reluctantly follows. You better be right about this, man. Interior. Docked boat. Night. Mayaka and Hashim open the door to the boat and quietly descend the ladder leading down inside the boat. The game can be heard on the flat screen in the background. Mayaka approaches a closet and motions to Hashim that he is going to look inside. When Mayaka opens the doors and looks in, his eyes grow wide with surprise and then instantly soften with compassion and sadness. Hey! 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 It's okay, don't be afraid. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm here to help. A little girl, Sally, six, is tied up and gagged. She is sitting in the corner of the tiny closet. Bruises on her skin reveal she has been slightly beaten. She moves away in fear at the sight of the large elephant looking down at her. Hashim looks over Mayaka's shoulder. Oh my! You're right! Look at the poor thing! Careful, you're scaring her. Mayaka tries to reach for the gag in her mouth, but she starts to squirm and tries to scream, even though the gag muffles it. Okay, okay, okay. Mayaka reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small packet of peanut butter. Are you hungry? Huh? You have to be. Here. He tears open the package and offers it to the little girl. There. Eat some. It's good stuff. The little girl looks at the peanut butter, then back up to the elephant. Mayaka hands the peanut butter packet to Hashim. He slowly uses his trunk to brush at her hair, then slowly takes the gag out of her mouth. She doesn't scream. He reaches down and unties her hands. The girl, after hesitating for a moment, quickly snatches the peanut butter packet and starts sucking on it. There. It's okay. Mayaka slowly and gently strokes the girl's hair and gently touches her cheek. Do you remember me? I was at the hotel, the day those bad men took you. I'm going to take you back to your daddy, okay? Can you come with me? The girl looks at the elephant for a moment. She recognizes him and jumps up and hugs him, crying. He wraps his trunk around her and holds her tight as she sobs and trembles uncontrollably. We have to go. The other bad men may be on their way back right now. There, there. It's okay. You're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. Let's take you home. Please continue listening to Manimals, Episode 1, Part 5. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this audiobook, please consider leaving an honest review, subscribe, and share this program with others. 
Remember to visit the episode show notes and website, www.melsmanimals.com, for more information on the story, characters, upcoming episodes and about the author.